Well, sorry to break up your conversations. And, uh, well, good morning again. And uh, we're just so thrilled of all the Lord is doing amongst us. I know I'm probably saying this every week, aren't I? And I'm not making it up. Like, just story after story of what the Lord is doing in your own lives, and it's just wonderful to hear. We, we've really enjoyed um, this last term as we're kind of drawing to a close, and hope that you have too, um, just in terms of what He is doing. His presence is with us, He's amongst us, and He's uh, encouraging us, and He's equipping us, and sending us, and we're just so thrilled. Uh, We've got two more weeks after this week, and then we're going to, then it's Easter, and then uh, something slightly different after Easter in terms of our teaching. This morning, if you're here at the beginning, you'd have heard it. it's not just me speaking this morning, you'll be glad to know. There's a number of uh, different voices you're going to hear, and it sort of concludes, we, we've been really drilling this one. This is the fourth week uh, of what us talking about ministry and talking about compassion, and talking about something that's really dear to who we are as a church. It's, it's written deep, deep in the DNA of who we are, our, our core values, that we are called to give away what God has given us. And just uh, as I introduce a couple of people, uh, just to recap what I said last week, that we are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, that we are all ministers of the gospel, that we are all called to go um, and live it out in our everyday, uh, normal, walking, talking, living, breathing life. And uh, I read this quote last week. I'm going to read it again. Um, it's from a man, some of you will be familiar with, Bill Johnson, who leads the, the Bethel the Church and Bethel Movement. He said this, God's purpose in saving you was not simply to rescue you and keep you busy until he shipped you off to heaven. His purpose was much bigger. He commissioned you to demonstrate the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. Helping to transform this planet into a place that is radiant and saturated with his power and presence. This is the very backbone of the Great Commission. And it should define your life and mine. I realized that over the last number of weeks that when we say what we say and when we do what we do, that it's incredibly challenging. Sometimes you're probably sitting there going, oh man, I know that's right, but boy, that makes me feel slightly uncomfortable. And, um, and that's okay. I don't apologize for that. Uh, but equally, uh, uh, I do understand that we're all on this journey. And what we wanted to do this morning was just highlight some things that are going on in the life of our church, but also a couple of them that you'll hear about. They're actually um, ministries or groups or organizations that are actually happening outside of the church. They're nothing to do with our church, but people from our church have kind of committed to being in them and serving in them. And my hope, my prayer is that you'll be encouraged by this and uh, that God might stir something within you that isn't necessarily a, a recruitment drive, <laughs> you know. It's, it's more just encouraged. This is what the Lord is doing. There's no point in me just telling you, oh, there's so many great stories. We need to tell you some of the stories. So, uh, so without further ado, um, our first guest is Emma Hall. And as she comes, and as they all come, 
do a little clap. It kind of encourages them. That would be great. I thought I'd be here with the whole theme song behind me. Um, so I, I've been involved with street uh, Belfast Street Pastors, and um, I think, yeah, that's what Paul asked me to speak about. But as I was preparing this, I really felt that the Lord wanted me to talk a wee bit about my journey and how I got to here, because a year ago, this is the last thing I would have thought that I was involved in. When I was a wee girl, my mum told me I should pray for patience, probably because I was always batting the head off my little sister. And I realized, never ever pray for patience. That was a big mistake. Another big mistake was saying to the Lord, never call me into evangelism. I'd hate that. That wee man that stands down in the street corners in Carrick or my mum hands out flyers on a Saturday morning in Lisburn Town Centre. And I'm like, no way. That is not for me. I don't really like people. I like the people I know, but I don't like people I don't know. And I find it really hard then just to walk up to people. I'm not good at small talk and work. I'm known as Scary Emma. But um, a year ago, God started me on a journey, this book, Radical. It challenged the life clean out of me, and it was the, I sweat reading it. Um, it was really difficult, and going to home group was like therapy for me to process what I'd read in this book. In a part of it, it says, I'm not called, and that was me. I'm not called to evangelism. I like healing ministries, and I'm chasing after the prophetic, and that excites me. And, you know, I've even prayed over the dead, and admittedly in work, that would be hard to explain if that had uh, come to pass. But... Um, in this book, it said, where in the Bible is missions identified as an optional program for the church? And that really made me think. Um, Jesus himself has not merely called us to go to all the nations. He has created us and commanded us to go. When have we reduced it to a calling? Um, the bit when I read on, it was I find it interesting that we don't do this with other words from Jesus. We take Jesus' command in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations. And we say that means other people. And that's how I felt a year ago, absolutely, because it wasn't me. But we look at Jesus' command in Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we apply that to ourselves, so we can cherry pick wee bits of the Bible. And as I read this, honestly, it just was so challenging for me. Um, as I said, I really liked all the like prophetic and, and um, healing ministry and all that kind of thing. But I started at Bill Johnson. I was listening loads to podcasts, and he talks about having a heart for people. And to have a heart for people, then really sneaky Jehovah gets in the back door because then I started to be interested in their salvation as well as seeing people healed. And God has me on this crazy journey this last 12. And I don't have time to go into all the really amazing things. We went to, Mamie and I went to um, a big, uh, in Sweden. We went to Sweden to hear people talk about healing ministries. It ended up being an evangelism conference. If I'd have known that, I'd never have gone. Anyway, but Lord has that, I'm moving on because before I start getting the eagles from Paul. Um, in the last six months, God has spoken to me massively about what church is and church being outside four walls. I used to work in Ramparts Gym and people would come in really self-conscious and not liking to come to a gym and people do strange things and make strange noises and look at themselves in the mirror and wear strange clothes. And I really started to look then, God made me notice how the local councils have taken the gym outside to the people they've taken them you know these gyms at Loch Shore and in Whitehead and so they've taken exercise outside to where the people are and the Lord was really speaking to me about how we need to take church outside four walls and that's great and I believe passionately and I just don't want to be the one to do it 
But like anything, you know, when, when you feel that there needs a need for something to be done, you have to do it yourself. And I go with broken knees and street pastors and revive on a Friday night happened at a similar time. And I go in fear and trepidation. And I honestly, it's, it, it, it's really difficult and challenging to do. But I believe in what it is that we're doing. And the Lord has me at the start of this wee journey. So he's with me. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about... Um, Second <clears throat> Corinthians, where have I got it? Second Corinthians twelve nine. God's strength is made perfect in my weakness, and this is definitely my weakness. But I better just talk about street pastors. So that's the church in action on the streets, caring, listening, and helping. Um, it's trained volunteers from a wide variety of churches. It's UK based. There are three hundred um, street pastor teams in the UK, um, and that's just the Ireland schemes. Four of them are in Northern Ireland. That's Belfast, Ards. Newton Abbey, Glengormley and Causeway and a new team has been trained um, to start setting up in Antrim. Um, it started, that's an interesting story but I don't have time to go into it. Les Isaacs was a pastor in London in 2003 and there are now 12,000 street pastors throughout the UK. We're mixed patrols between three and four and we go out on a, either a Friday or a Saturday night between 10 and 4am. <coughs> it's very comprehensive training. We get trained, we get trained on drugs, homelessness, mental health, sharing the gospel, how to pray in the streets and lots and lots of role plays about certain situations. Um, I just want to finish with a quick wee story about my first night out, and it was early in the night, about half 11, we'd walked down around the cathedral square, the cathedral quarter, and we'd come around the corner of the Harp Bar, and um, there was a man, an older man, but quite well-dressed, um, and the cobble had face-planted the cobblestones of pants in his pockets. He'd been sick, and he'd wet himself, and he'd, he, he was incoherent, and he'd lost his friends, and you couldn't make any sense of him at all. So we were at the side of the heart bars where people come out for a wee smoke. And um, we got him onto the wee smoke bench and got him. We couldn't make any sense from him. We didn't know people were coming out. And we're like, we wear like uniform street pastors. And people are, street pasties, what do you do? What are you doing? And, and it's street what? And So anyway, out of that then comes conversations. And out of that, we get to share our faith. But um, we were, a couple of us were dealing with him. And I was aware of a young, late 20s guy standing um, talking to one of the other street pastors and I could hear him saying no no I don't have a faith but my parents go to church and then I was dealing with this guy and there's about three or four of us and trying to get a number couldn't make any sense rang the SOS bus the SOS bus and they came to get him but it took a while and I got talking to another girl and she was asking about you know what, what it was we were doing and then that was it we got all cleared up SOS bus picked him up off he went and then as we were leaving Stuart the guy the older guy that was talking to the um, young guy said so that guy was a that guy was a squatty and he's just back on leave um he's really upset and he he killed a person recently in in afghanistan and he was really having like really nightmares and difficulty dealing coming to terms with it and he asked the street pastor would you pray with me about that and even though he didn't have a faith and didn't go to church he asked us for prayer for a situation and it just spoke to me about how we just being obedient and just being in the street and just being there there's god's light was brought into a dark situation and that, that for me being on my first night, didn't want to go, can't believe I'm even there in the first place, really spoke to me about the importance of it. And just to finish before Paul just drags me off, um, just made me think about, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, your feet may fail and my feet want to fail. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my feet would never wander around Carrick Fergus on a Friday night. 
and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. I just want to encourage anybody, if you feel that that's not for you, I feel it's not for me either, but I'm there and I'm doing it, and the thrill from doing it, and the thrill from coming back in, and the people we've talked to far outweighs the fear of going out in the country. So you've heard from us before, um, we're really excited that the Revive Prayer Cafe and Outreach team is up and running. We started at the beginning of February, um, and every week, every Friday night has been different. There is no set plan for Friday night, we do not know what is going to happen. Um, but it's just so exciting to be out sharing Jesus on the streets. So um, we now have lanyards, so we can identify ourselves, we're feeling quite pleased with ourselves about that. And we have little flyers that we can now give out to people, which makes starting a conversation a bit easier if you struggle with that. Um, so that's what we're at. Friday nights, we have a team on the street, walking around, um, offering prayer, and we're learning how to start conversations and how not to. Um, we're figuring it out as we go along, but God is amazing. Um, so when I was thinking about this on Friday, um, I was sitting, I decided to flick back through all the encounters we have because we're keeping a record of them. And I decided to count the people that we've spoken to. Now, I'm talking about proper conversations, not the ones that are really brief or no thanks and walk off. And until before Friday night, we had had significant conversations with 45 people. Um, some of those really, really touching, deep conversations, some incredible opportunities to pray with people. And we've had a couple of tough weeks. The streets have been quiet. It's been tipping with rain and there haven't been many people about. So I'd been sitting on Friday just going, God, what's going on? This is getting really tough. And when I counted all those people, man, I was so excited. So we came down and shared that on Friday night. Um, we had quite a small team on Friday, but we still had a team in the streets. And there were some of us in the venue praying together and having great God conversations there as well. Um, so then when the guys came back, I kind of said, well, how'd it go? Yeah, it was all right. Right, so we all kind of continued chatting. And then at some point, don't know if it was you or me, went, right, let's gather, let's hear what happened. And they started telling stories, and it was story after story after story after story. So I was just sitting there going, what? That's mental. So we decided to count before we left. By the end of Friday night, we had had conversations with 61 people. So that's what it's like. One week, you can chat to one person. The next week, you can chat to 15. And God is on the move, and we're really, really, really excited because we know that these are our learning days. These are the training days when we're still figuring out what to do, and yet God is going before us, and he is setting up conversations. He's bringing people to us. The exciting thing for us is that we know when we walk off, God doesn't. God stays with those people, and we were just chatting yesterday. I think like if each of those people have gone and told one person about the weirdos they met in the street, I mean, that... The story of Jesus is spreading even further. Um, and we reckon that some people will tell way more than one person about the odd bods in the street. Um, but God is at work, and it's not about us. I mean, Emma's on the team. There's lots of others on the team. Like Emma, who are turning up in fear and trembling, but they're turning up, and we're going for it. Um, and we just want to really thank you for praying, praying the team through these first few months. Um, and we want to ask you to keep praying. Um, as we head into the summer months, we think that will get busier. There will be more people in the streets. We're hoping that more people will come back to the cafe. So 
we do actually need some more people for the cafe side of things, people who are happy to make coffee, who are happy to, to chat to people about Jesus and pray with them if they get the opportunity. So do come and talk to us if that excites you. If you don't want to go on the streets, you don't have to. Um, but come and chat to us. Ian's going to tell you an encounter that we've had. There's been loads of them, but this is one that we decided to tell you about. Thanks. Um, yeah, just about Friday night in general there, basically if you want to look up the story um, of Jesus um, speaking to the disciples and calling them at the start of uh, Luke 5, um, it's very much a case of whether you've caught fish or haven't caught fish all night, um, where Jesus says, cast out your nets. Um, and Friday night we saw that if you do that, he calls the fish and he calls us fishers of men. So yeah, a couple of slow weeks Obviously, the town has had all kinds of difficulties and whatever else, um, and, and God just laid this, this, this story in, in, in Luke 5 on our hearts, and we went out and spoke to 15 people. So, yeah, but if you feel that you are not able, God is able. So, um, Okay, so this is what a, a Friday night kind of looks like. Um, lots of different stories, but this one in particular, we decided we would go out and we would bless some people um, in our town who, who provide a service. Um, so we went and decided to speak to taxi drivers, um, which d people don't, I don't know, is there any taxi drivers in? No? Okay. So the, you, the, the, the people that we, we, we uh, kind of take for granted, um, and we walked around the corner as we were going towards Oni's, and as we were discussing this, there were two, two taxis parked up talking to each other. Um, so we decided that we would go, up, uh, go over and just tell them who we are, what we do, and to thank them for their contribution to our community, and would they like prayer. And as it turned out, they absolutely were bowled over. Um, and this is the thing. Uh, they said that they've had all kinds. You can imagine a taxi driver. You've had all kinds of weirdos in your car, and they say that they've never had anybody who said to them, can we pray for you? And they were so moved by it. And this is the thing. On Friday night, one of the things that we notice is that people are so open, so willing and, and ready for the gospel um, and for good news and for real hope. Um, so we continued on further down to Onis um, because I had spoke to the bouncers the week before and I said that I would pray for the bouncer. Is, is that the party? Doormen? Is that, is that the right term? Sorry. Maybe that's derogatory. Um, so we went down and said to the, 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 the doormen, um, you know, I've been, we've been praying for you, how are things going, etc. Et and uh, there was uh, somebody who took ill on the other side of the street, and um, Jules and Joanne were, were tied up with that, which left me and Dina standing outside Oni's. So we'd only popped there for a couple of minutes to say hello to the doormen, um, but we now had a legitimate reason to be outside Oni's because the other girls were on the other side of the road, uh, and we were there an hour. So um, whilst that's Sorry for the, for, for the incident on the other side of the road. We basically spoke to, prayed with, and ministered, and uh, gave our testimonies to the guys on the door. Um, and they were really, really receptive. And people were coming out and getting taxis. I mean, talk about a captive audience. It was just God and, and, the, and then some. People were coming out and getting taxis, and we spoke to them, and Dana prayed with them. And there was one incredible moment where an old man was shuffling down the street. And I want to leave you with this, and I want you to ponder this, because this is just how you finish well. Um, there's, a, there's an old man that was walking down the street, and as Dina and I were speaking to a, a lady um, about circumstances in her life, uh, Dina was explaining to her how uh, we believed in the power of prayer. And the old man, as he came close to us, he, he heard this, um, and he shouted out, I believe in the power of prayer. 
And we went, right, okay, that's fantastic. And it turned out that this guy uh, was a retired pastor from the area, a guy called Brian. Um, and every Friday night, he shuffles down to Oni's for a Guinness. And because he's an old man, and he does it deliberately, because he's an old man and he's sitting there on a regular at Oni's, he knows that people will come and talk to him. And over his pint of Guinness, he shares Jesus. And he has seen people come to faith. That's how you finish well. And that encounter with him saying, I believe in the power of prayer, outside Oni's, outside all the bustle and the bouncers and who are men, and all the other things, we had this wonderful impromptu prayer meeting to a captive audience with this ex-pastor or retired pastor joining in. Um, and it's just those God moments. Honestly, if you feel that you're not, um, you, you, you're frightened or you're not called or whatever, don't worry, Jesus always shows up. So come and join us, that's fantastic. And can I just say very, very quickly, I've seen Emma out on the street, I've been in her team and her fears and intrepidations and all the rest of it do not mirror her walk with Jesus and her walk in the spirit on a Friday night. And that's the difference that it makes when you just be obedient. Hey, I'm gonna just share a wee bit what we've been doing behind the scenes over the past few months. Um, a few of us, oh, look at us, there we are. Aren't we gorgeous? Um, what we've been doing, um, really, it kind of started back at the space conference that we had in, in Lagenside in October. And we really got together and just began to discuss what was breaking our hearts. And in particular, it was vulnerable children and young people and within the Carrick area. And we just really lent in to um, what was breaking our hearts and decided to respond in a way to bring justice to that. So from that, um, we decided to embark upon a really starting up this befriending service where we are going to go out and give our time a few hours a month to um, children who are in care, children who are in foster placements or those that are in the, on the edge of care. So whenever we phoned the social worker to explain what we were um, thinking about doing, she was resounding, yes, I would love to get on board with you. And that alone um, knocked me for six because we had spent the past year really trying to email and contact and be like, hi, we're here, use us, come help us. And it was just doors um, slammed in our faces or a lack of response. So the fact that she's even willing to, um, honestly, like this Motley crew, the fact that she's willing to kind of entrust us and with these children is amazing. And that in itself just really proved to me that this is, God is all over this, his hand is on this. And he's just really um, went before us to kind of make a way for it. So we have been working with the Trust and Partnership right from scratch. She was like, I really want to get involved with this. I don't have a clue where to go. And we went, well, neither do I, but let's just do it anyway. So we um, have done the whole policies and procedures and we've devised the whole training program um, and we're ready to go. So as we stand, we now all are matched with a, a child or a young person and um, we're ready to go out and kind of give that, that time to them. Actually, Katie Broadhurst is trailblazing the way for us as she has her first meeting with a young person today. So please be praying for us, it's not Cave Hill, so no accidents or anything. <laughs> It'll be great, thanks very much. Um, so it's been really exciting to know that um, 
what they then want to do is now we have this pilot program up and running. Um, they kind of said, yes, okay, well then let's take this further throughout the Northern Trust. So we're now actually working behind the scenes. Now we have this going of getting it up to Balamani, um, Balamina and Rackbrookville. Um, and it's just amazing to think that, you know, we came together, we saw a need that broke our heart and went, okay, well, what are we going to do about it? And to know the ripple effect that that can have, not only in our community, but the whole way up the Northern Trust, it's just God. There's nothing else you can say. His hand is all over it. And it doesn't even, it doesn't also affect the children and the young people. And we're not reinventing the wheel here. This isn't anything new or, or shiny. It's really simple. I think every time we came away from a meeting, we were just going, this is just so simple. It's, there's, there's nothing um, amazing about it. But what it is doing, it's letting the social services, those who are responsible for these vulnerable and children that have suffered trauma, it's letting them know that the church is an untapped resource with that. And if we let us, we can support not only you, but the children and their families as well. So the fact that that relationship um, is now beginning to form to me is the amazing thing. Um, so we're rippling that out towards um, up towards the, the Northern Trust. So it's going to be really exciting in the days ahead. Um, so please be thinking of us and please be praying for us as we um, embark on this journey and be able to do that. Um, the, just even to give a wee bit of an, an idea, the, um, they were coming to us and giving us stories like um, there's an a elderly couple that are, that are in Carrick and they are fostering well, kinship care for their four-year-old granddaughter. So she said for somebody to be able to come and take her out swimming or to take her out to a park one is not only beneficial for the four-year-old but also to give break for a granny can be the glue that keeps that placement together. And we currently have a boy who is in a, a children's home in Carrick and she came to me and said, do you know anybody that can fish? This boy just wants to go fishing and there's nobody in his life or there's nobody there that can take that time and just go fishing with him. And I was like, I'll learn, I'll teach him. But so if anybody is out here and can do fishing, please come and speak to me. Um, but if you are sitting here and you know children in, in care or in that situation is something that breaks your heart and you're maybe not in a situation where you can foster or adopt or anything like that, but can give a few hours a month, please come and speak to me because um, the social worker's like, I'm ready for round two. Let's get these people going. I have the children and the young people sitting waiting, so let's get the people. Um, and what we're going to do is have a really good relationship now with the care home. So there's there's boys there and they would love drumming lessons, Jason. And they would also love um, for, for someone to take them fishing. So it's just every time we came away from we were going, this is just so simple. Um, and it's just the way we kind of thought that um, God was really leading us in it. So that's exciting. Thanks. So please be praying for us over the next few while because this is the, the part whenever we're going to be meeting the young people and actually taking them out. So thank yeah. you. Um, morning. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, I volunteer for Prison Fellowship. Um, and those that do know me probably heard some of the stories. Um, we also have Dean Moore, who's now started with us, um, who's now doing res uh, restorative justice. Um, but I kind of I kinda just want to tell you a story. I, I don't want to speak of the story. I just want to tell you a story about what God has actually done uh, in and around prison. Um, if anyone's ever seen that show, The Unbeatables, where people here deem that the most beautiful and they try and find love. Well, people in prison are the unlovables and they're deemed not worthy of love because it's messed up, it's screwed up or whatever. Um, so as I say, I do restorative justice. 
Um, we, about eight weeks, nine weeks ago, um, we had these guys, some lifers, some serious crimes, armed robbery, all the rest of it. Um, so we were taking these 10 guys for restorative justice and teaching about the ripple effect of their crime. Everyone has started talking over their teacher. And I'm looking around going, this is, this is just mental. And, and this one man sitting there who is a traveler just had his head hanging. And I'm looking around going, my goodness, what, what, what's going on here? What's going on? And I, and I just really felt God say, I want you to really talk to him. This is it for him. This is it. This is life and death medical. And I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And so I thought, I'm going to have to just do something where I really just try and connect with this guy. Um, so, as I say, we all broke. I went over um, and I says, can I speak to you, please? Do you want to move back a wee bit away from the rest of the guys? And, and I says, I just want you to hear what God says about you. I said, but at the moment, I just feel that this is it. It's game over for you. That you just can't go on. You can't take on the pain. You're fed up with living a life as a traveler as well. Of all that involves, of the, yeah, we know that they got robbed and stealing. We, we know that. And, and that's their lifestyle. But I says, God's telling you to give up life. And he just shook his head. He just nodded his head. And he was just like, he really had his head bowed. And, and I says, but you're a dying. You're his child. And what he thinks about you is, is you could never imagine. It, it, you are special to him. He loves you with a love that you could never fathom. And he sent me, someone who doesn't know you, over to tell you about your life. I'm like, I am not a mind reader. I'm just a normal ginger guy from Northern Ireland. Um, or not in point of fact. Um, so he he just kept shaking his head and he's like, and, and funny, I was at Revive and I found one of the wee cards which says, um, is it Jesus knocking at the door? So I had, I had one of them and um, I put it in my pocket. I says, can I, said again, can I take it? He says, yeah, yeah. Um, there's always questions going on a wee bit at the bottom about if you want to know Jesus. And so I put it in my pocket. And I don't know how that got into my wee book because I, I take a wee book with me into prison to, um, you know, so I can remember their names um, and where they are about in the prison so I can go and see them. And, but this was in my book. And I'm looking at this going, okay, this is, this is, this is it. I don't know the sinner's prayer. I, I really don't. Um, but on the, the, the revive card, there's a wee bit, if you want to know Jesus, and you say, I says, just say this after me, you want to know who he is? And he says, yeah, I do. Understood that part. And so he, I started reading it out, and he, he, he just, just repeating it after me. And I says, but I am overwhelmed that your friend is beside me. And so Lynn, the girl teaches, and... Uh, she says, well, what, are you, what are you doing down the back? And I says, you're never going to believe it. This guy just gave his life to Christ. And she went, no way. And I went, yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's unreal. It's amazing. And I hadn't seen him the week after. He was out on a video link. And um, I said, I was talking. And I says, is he, is he okay? And he says, yeah, he is. And he says, and I want to thank you for what you've done. I don't know what the heck I didn't do anything. He says, no. He says, I know how bad he was. I know what he was going through. And I says, yeah, no, no problem. And, and it's been a great lately because um, there's a priest in there, a guy called Cain, and he's, he's amazing. He's really filled with the Holy Spirit. 
who you know have sat praying with them you know, and it's been fascinating i said to Kieran, you know there's times i can't get over that side of prison you know can you can you link up with this guy and, and just you know take him further and he went yeah not a problem but in matthew 25 36 christ says when i was hungry you fed me when i was naked you clothed me when i was in prison you visited me this is what Jesus is saying. This is what he wants us to do. This is what he, where he wants our hearts to go to, to go and clothe the people, to go and feed the people, go visit the people in prison, the unlovables. And, and that's his call. It's just to go. And as we go, he does turn up. And he turned up to that wee man in that bathroom and, and just impacted his life. Thank you very much, guys. If uh, the standby ming team could come, that would be great. I don't know about you guys, but I'm loving this this morning. This is a we're, a we're a church that does what it says on the tin. This is great. So um, this is the team. <laughs> there's more. So uh, there's 12 of us. There's five represented this morning. Uh, we're in two, less than two weeks' time. We're going to be in Bokaji, Ethiopia. Be our first vineyard team that being taken there. I've been there before. Johnny Farrell, who you will have heard speaking before, as part of our church, who's visiting another church this morning, um, has been to before. We sponsor four children there, and uh, we give five uh, percent of the income that you give to us as a church. We give to Stand by Me to support the school that we're going to visit, and another school in another town uh, called Dembidola in another part of Ethiopia, it's miles away. Uh, but the five of us and the other seven uh, are thrilled about going. Uh, Gillian, tell us one of the things that we're gonna be doing when we're out there. Um, by the sounds of what we've heard this morning, we're actually gonna do just what everybody else is going, what everybody else is just doing locally, um, except we're gonna do it in a school. We are going to meet with kids who um, are the poorest kids in the area. Some of them have no parents, some of them have no families at all and actually live in the school. Um, but our main, one of the main things that we'll be doing during the day is uh, starting very early, uh, about seven o'clock, I think the kids turn up for breakfast. Um, so our first thing that we'll be doing in the day is having assembly, uh, which we will be taking outside with 400 children. So that's going to be very interesting. <laughs> um, we'll spend most of the morning then teaching different classes um, they take children from the ages of 14, or sorry, 4 to 18, um, and the class will have a mix of ages. So like here, you all start school at the same age. Um, over there, um, some kids won't start school until they're maybe 9 or 10, in which case they'll still go into the first class, because it's based on your ability. So that's made it a little bit of a challenge. The younger end of the school, we are looking at um, doing some stories. So we're going to do Jesus Calms the Storm, and we're going to do Psalm 139, just reinforcing with them who God is and, and who, who God thinks they are um, for kids that have been abandoned and have no family, knowing who they are in, G in Jesus's family, we feel is really important. Um, the older ones, it's about spending time with them and doing uh, fun things. So we're making paper airplanes and launchers. We may live to regret that, but that's what we're gonna do. So, um, so they're all doing craft-based activities because they don't have as much time and the teachers don't have the resources to do that sort of stuff. So it's about having fun with them but doing some stuff that they wouldn't normally get to do as well. And then we have some uh, PE lessons planned as well. 
So we'll all be splitting up into different teams. Everybody will get to do everything. Don't know whether they all know that yet, but they are. <laughs> so. Another thing we're going to do, Andy Hamilton uh, slept on the floor in February with how many floors in total? 2,400? How many beds is that, Andy? So in the afternoons, we're going to build some beds. So pray for that because I'm not very handy. And <laughs> um, Hopefully these guys can build beds, um, but we're going to try and build some beds for people so they can have a nice bed to sleep on, and that's totally going to transform their house and it's going to provide storage underneath so they can have a nice house to live in, so that's going to be amazing, so just pray for us building beds. Cool. It's, uh, they're, they're the two kind of main projects, but if you ever you've been overseas and you've done anything like this before, so much of it will simply be about just relationship. and. Uh, us guys and the others who are going to be going um, it's so much of it is just about spending time mainly with the children but we will get to visit their homes and that really is when the rubber hits the road is when you get to see their homes and meet their families and what have you so uh, wha one other thing I, I'm getting to kill two birds with one stone I'm going to get to visit uh, I had no idea there's 20 vineyard churches in Ethiopia who would have known and, uh, and I think there's four or five of them in a town which is about two hours away from where we're going to be. So I'm going to leave these guys a couple of days early and go and visit uh, the church leaders there and hang out with them, drink some coffee and uh, pray with them and maybe say one or two things when I'm there. So that's going to be really exciting. So um, you will be tortured with stories afterwards, I am sure. But thank you for, our, uh, for your support and... Uh, Give these guys a round of applause as they return. <laughs> I hope that you have been encouraged. Uh, that's just some of the things uh, that's going on in, in our church and connected to people from within our church. Uh, they're all organized things. They're all what we call ministries organized groups leadership all that sort of stuff and they're brilliant and they're great ways of getting involved and serving and putting your shoulder to the wheel but like i said last week it doesn't have to just be in those times we don't just have to be christian when we're at revive or whatever it is all the hours of our waking woken day as we go about uh, normal lives we carry the presence of Jesus if you're a Christian and he's setting up um, opportunities to love and share and uh, you may have heard this expression before that sometimes you know we find it easier to jump on a plane and go across the other side of the world to be missionaries sometimes it's easier actually to do that than it is to cross over your street to your neighbor who's over there who can barely get out of the front door for whatever reason it might be. And uh, that's a real challenge to us. But um, 